Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This show is brought to you by Action Launcher, Casper, and Igloo. My name is Yasmin Evian, and joining me we have Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hey guys! Hey! Hello, Yasmin. So some awesome news. My Material stickers arrived, and they're awesome! They have rounded corners, and they're just cute little little stickers. Oh, I'm so, I'm so jealous. I don't have any stickers here. Yeah. They take like six months to come out to Australia, so very sad. In Kauai? <laughs> Can't you get a koala to just deliver you some stickers? The problem is once you send the fridges out, it takes a long time to get them back. You know, I, I, I don't want to <sighs> criticize your shipping companies, but our shipping companies seem a lot better at getting fridges out to you than you seem to be at getting them back to us. <laughs> Not trying to cause any offense, but that's just how it is. With it, I got... Um, a nice note from the shipping guy. And so you all know that we're a part of the Relay FM network and it's just a a small network uh, ran by Mike and Steven. And so I thought it was one of those two that were just being really kind and said it it was signed, love the show, signed the shipping guy. Um, So I thought it was maybe Steven that wrote a nice note. So I went to the Slack group and I said, all right, who is this shipping guy? Um, And it actually turns out that it wasn't Steven or Mike. It's Jeffrey, and he works at Knock Co., and he's actually friends with uh, Brad, which has the show The Pen Addict, Pen Addict, which is also a show on the Relay FM uh, network. And so he just saw that I was getting the stickers, and he knew I was one of the hosts, and so he just wrote a nice uh, little note on there. So that was, that was a little fun little surprise to find out. Um, that someone, random person, likes our likes our show, and they gave me stickers. Oh, thanks, Jeffrey. And I, I'm sorry to hear about your pen addiction. I oh, hope sweet. you can uh, overcome that shortly. <laughs> and it looks like we got some feedback, uh, a lot of positive vibes from Apple people who are Android curious. Uh, someone sent us a message asking, hey, should I get a Nexus uh, 5 or a... Uh, a Motorola phone, like what should I get if I'm just an Apple user who's interested in Android? Um, and this was the question actually came before the Motorola event, so I suggested to get the Nexus Five, uh, mostly because based off your article, Russell, that you said if you want to get into Android development, get a Nexus Five. It's one of the cheaper phones, and you're most likely to get the update OS updates uh, pretty quick. Um, so I don't know if I would change my suggestion after the Motorola update. Like the Moto G looks pretty awesome. But um, anyways, yeah, I guess that's up, up I to I would them. say to anyone who wants to get into Android development, um, the Nexus 5 is still your cheapest and best option. But if you're more curious about how Android works, then I guess there's a whole suite of phones to to choose from. You know, the, the range is quite large. There are so many different options. There are so many different price points. We could, I mean, we could potentially even discuss that today if you wanted. Yeah, I mean, my my daily carry is a Nexus Five, uh, and it's really it's it's not the best phone that's out there, and the camera is not nearly the best camera that's out there on any cam on, on any phone that you can get. But it's the that one advantage of you're getting updates directly from Google. You're not going to have to wait for it to get through two different layers of eh, why do we want? Why are we trying to get our customer to not buy a new phone by giving the we will just oh we'll do that eventually. But still, before that, let's figure out how to get another color of polycarbonate available in our product line before you let poor Andy have uh, Android five point one. Uh, so it's it's I mean so it's 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 a hard call, but we'll talk we'll talk about some things about updates later on today. I think. Yeah. You mentioned a, a Motorola event, yes, man. I imagine surely out of all of us here, you'd be the most excited about that. It, I was. It was like at six o'clock my time, and I totally woke up with my Moto X, plugged in my headphones, and listened <laughs> to the to the live event. Um, and I think I just broke up with my Moto X 2014 edition. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the Motorola event, but it was, they really played up the whole have a new relationship with your phone. And so I kind of felt like I was in a therapy session with Adrienne. She is the uh, leads marketing, I think marketing vice president of marketing over at Motorola And, you know, she told me some key points that I need to be looking for in a relationship. You know, she told me that I need to be looking for meaningful exchanges and I need to be making and sharing memories. And, you know, the phone always has to be there for me. And I told Russell this, but my phone actually, like, died yesterday. Um, It finally came back to life, but it just gave out on me. And so I'm thinking... 
you know Moto X 2014? I don't know if you're always there for me. And Motorola just told me that, you know, they believe a mobile relationship is a two-way street, that I deserve a phone that loves me back and is always there for me. And I don't know if the 2014 is doing that for me, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> did it really die on you yesterday or did it just like, it, uh, like Gisfincto, Dead Parrot, run down the curtain, join the bleeding choir and visit So I forgot. It's a stiff, bereft of life. It rests in peace. It's, it if came you had back. nailed it to the charger, if you pushing up the daisies, <laughs> it, um, I'll let you talk. It it did die. Like okay, so I forgot my charger, and so I didn't get to charge it in the in the during the day. So I was as I was driving home, I sent one last request from my phone to turn on my Nest thermostat, and its last dying wish, it turned it on and just died. The battery just poof. And I <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> and it wasn't. Tr- that's better because if. If 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 I bought a if I bought a 2014 phone and it died like less than a year later, I would be having conversation with Motorola. It would be now Motorola. Motorola, here are the reasons why I'm not going to buy one of your phones again. <laughs> no, it, it came back to life, but um, okay. I was kind of hoping that, 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 is, it was that a- is a very. <laughs> That is a very American attitude, though. It's like, oh, but my battery died. I better buy a new well, phone now. This is useless. Usually, usually, you, you, you should at least have the courtesy of like fake, fake dropping it in the toilet, so you can say, oh, water damage. Oh, oh darn it! And and just four hours after that wonderful announcement about that really great new Moto X twenty fifty. Oh, oh darn it! Darn it! I- why must Yasmin always get the just fuzzy like you end of the go to microwave something and accidentally your phone goes in there for three seconds and then it doesn't, it doesn't oh, no. work. It's really weird. And then you have to buy a new one and it's awkward. Like you, you, and your naughty, naughty dog after you <laughs> after you rub that phone with bacon for only about 20 minutes, chewing on, oh, bad, bad dog. My Moto X is looking at me like, hey, I can hear I'm right you. Right here. I'm listening at all times. What are you saying <laughs> about me? But the Motorola event was, <laughs> was kind of awkward. Um... You know, after my therapy session with Adrian, they sent me over to Jim, who was like, you know what? You need to forget about that Moto X 2014. You need to go have some beers with me. There are other phones out in the sea. And he awkwardly, like after a few beers, admitted to sleeping with other phones. Uh, And that was just awkward. And I was like, Jim, I'm not ready for you to be telling me all this stuff. Uh, Anyways, the the Motorola event was... uh, it was kind of kind of weird and kind of cheesy, but I did like the phones that came out of there. So I, I got to say, as someone who watches, you know, the Apple events and the Samsung events and the Motorola events, the Motorola ones always seem the most awkward. Like I, I love that company, I love the <laughs> stuff they do, but when they get up on stage, it, it never quite gels. They were trying to sort of, you know, crack these funny jokes. Oh, hi, this this guy's messaging me from the pub. I'm just going to message him back. Uh, it, it really didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> it just does not work. Well, nothing, well nothing, nothing's as, nothing is as embarrassing as the launch event for uh, uh, Samsung. I think it was the Galaxy oh, S4 yeah. at Radio City Music Hall because it, Radio City Music Hall. And so they had to like create all these little like stage vignettes where uh, literally like they – so, hey, and it's it's great for shooting video. So here's mom and dad and here's little trial faz at, at his tap dancing recital. And the little kid does this whole, does this whole routine and realize that at this point there are like – it's Raider City Music Hall. They filled out at least like the lower tier of it. So we're talking about a couple thousand people of which hundreds and hundreds are like working journalists who are like, does it ship with Android 3? Or Android four? <laughs> Are you using a quad core processor? Or we really don't care about and the and the funniest part and well funniest in retrospect in that we're saying nasty things about Samsung <laughs> is like so you, you don't see any women up on the stage until it's time to talk about like some of the uh, hands free features like I've just been to the nail salon I don't want to smudge my new nails oh. so thank goodness I can just wave my hand on top of it. And then, of course, the and my girlfriends are going on a girls' night out. Woo! <laughs> so like, oh, good Thank God. God. Andy's auditioning for uh, next you, year's. Sounds like. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm just. Samsung, we're just trying contact to have a cautionary Andy if you want him, here. want him on stage. Or, or at least, or at least, run the script past me, or, or any like rational human American being, and maybe they can help you avoid these mistakes. Motorola had a nice launch event, like for the 2014 last year, where they. Really, just went. Uh, it was also the launch event for the uh, uh, for the Moto 360, uh, and they actually just like invited 
like a couple hundred people to uh, their Chicago headquarters. And it was, here is how we design everything. And here's how we test everything. And here are some of our engineers. And it really was one of those, okay, this was worth my flying out and spending two or three days, uh, two or three days for. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you, you really want to, you really treasure those executives who are, who know that we know that you want these 19 details. We're going to give them to you in order, in alphabetical order, in the order in which you will probably need to tweet these out in order to hold your audience. Because uh, it's <laughs> otherwise, it's just, it's just no fun. I, I, I was wish I, I got an invite to this morning's event. I didn't go because I had um, a couple of commitments that would have been hard to cancel. The only, the only random thing though was that I'm looking at this invitation. There's no coded language that indicates a new version of the Moto 360. Because if there is a new Moto 360 today, I might wish that I had been there to at least fondle it, even if I couldn't have come home. <laughs> Definitely, I think a lot of people were expecting that. We should probably tell people just quickly what what came out. There was the. The Moto G, I think, was the the first one they announced. That's like Motorola's, you know, budget sort of entry phone. And I guess the most interesting thing about um, the G that some people might not realize is it was, I think, one of the first phones on the market that said, you know what, we can make a cheap phone, but we can make it really, really good. Yeah. So here in Australia, I think you can pick one up for, I think, $200, something like $250, whereas all the other phones are, you know, six, seven hundred, eight hundred $800 to buy outright. It's actually well built. You know, it's a well built device. It has a, a decent camera. It has, you know, the latest version of Android on it. They they take shortcuts, you know, in, in all the right places. And it's just a really sort of solid budget phone. So they announced, you know, the next version of that with, you know, better camera, better battery, you know, upgraded specs. Um and it's interesting to me that that's the one they're actually shipping right now. And I think if I had to guess, I'd say that's the one Motorola's really, you know, selling in high volumes. They're pushing it in places like you know, Brazil, India, like all these different countries around the world. I, I don't know how well that phone sells in the US. I don't know if you, you two see a lot of them or? No, I don't see a lot of them, but I think it's going to become more popular. Over over here, uh, uh, T-Mobile and all these other carriers are becoming a lot more competitive and more of the carriers here are no longer kind of hiding the real cost of a flagship phone. Like it used to be that, hey, they get the new iPhone 6 Plus, only $299. And you understand that it's subsidized by the carrier and you're, it, it, you got a two-year contract. Now they're not doing that. They're saying, we are selling you this phone for exactly the sticker price and we will allow you to pay, to pay for it in installments. So I'm really keen to see if how that affects people's choices if they can't really convinced the kid they can't bamboozle themselves into thinking oh i'm just every phone costs two hundred dollars why not get like the the top of the line apple if it's now no or you can get this hundred and seven this two hundred dollar moto g that's the only thing you're really paying for is that it's a little bit thicker than the fancy phones but it is four or five hundred dollars less than everything else that you want to buy out there maybe you'd like to have four or five hundred dollars in your pocket that's that's at least two hot meals (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what kind of meals are you eating, Andy? I'm, I kind of want to go out to eat with you now. Uh, per se. <laughs> but uh, Taste, chef's tasting menu at per se without wine. We uh, we like got my my mother in law and like my mom and everyone else like on the Moto E and the Moto J phones just because we were like, hey, this is a pretty awesome phone and the price and they don't need anything um, as fancy as the Moto X, but you know you want to give them a phone that's maybe going to get updates and most likely the Moto G um, will. And I think the Moto G is going to be like really popular among uh, teens because it's uh, water resistant, just like the Moto X, uh, the new Moto X phones. Um, And so like, I think that's a cool selling point because it's included in the price. And, you know, I have a teenage niece who likes to go to the pool. And I know like if she got a Moto G with water resistance, that would probably save my sister a lot of money from ruining phones from falling in the pool. <laughs> it's not just teens either. I had my um, my friend come up to me and she's like, oh, I dropped my phone in the, and there was a pause, um, the fountain. And it, it's all dead now. What do I do? I'm like, <laughs> I think I know what you're trying to tell me. Like, I said, look, just just go get the Moto G. You know, it's, it's cheap. You're still on a two-year contract. You don't want to have to shell out another $800 for a phone. And she had a top-of-the-line a Sony phone, and she was a bit hesitant. She's like, oh, you know what, I trust you. I'm going to go get it. And she really loves it now. And I, I think it's really cool that there's, you know, that level of phone that's still decent for the price. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to make these things bulletproof. I mean, and this isn't there, – there are a bunch of phones that are water-resistant, meaning that they're, if, if water precipitates on it, it'll probably be fine. So if it gets rained on, probably be fine. This is like the full, you know, almost mil-spec. Uh, it's IPX7 which means that you can actually submerge it in three feet of water and it'll, uh, as long as you get it out of there 
before the third before thirty minutes, uh, it'll probably be okay after you hardly enough hose it down to get the salt water off of it. Uh, so yeah, that's it's this is this is the real deal. I've always been really impressed with not just Motorola, but Motorola, Motorola seems to be leading the way to make this into a flagship affordable phone, if that makes any sense, as opposed to, well, there are people who have no money, and I know they're all pathetic <laughs> losers who don't care about style or design, but I suppose if they're not going to pay what normal people would pay for a real for a real phone, we can take their money anyways. No, no, this is, you, you take this out of your pocket, especially when you've got it in, in your custom color designs uh, that you can still get uh, for this thing, and put it next to any other phone, and no one would really guess that this is a budget phone that's that's uh, yeah, designed sure. to be owned. Yeah, the Moto Maker is coming to the Moto G, so like that is that is pretty awesome um, that you're going to be able to customize your phone on a quote unquote budget phone. Like it's just I, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, you so know? Moto Maker, for those that are not familiar, is you can go to Motorola's website and order the phone, but you can customize a whole bunch of things first. So you can say, you know, I want the back to be pink. I want this highlight color. I want like either a black or white front. It sounds a bit cheesy, but it's really awesome. You can just go in there and you're like, this is exactly the kind of phone um, you know, I want them to ship me. And I think they even do small customization things like when you pick all that stuff out, they will also set your desktop wallpaper you know, to match the, the phone that you picked, which is it, it's a small touch, but it's, it's kind of nice. But Yasmin, I was really wondering what you think of the, uh, I guess, the two more higher-end phones. There was the Moto X Play, which was announced, which is a 5.5-inch you know, device that's coming. And there was also the Moto X Style, it's called, which is the, I guess, the flagship phone coming um, in August, I think, and it's five point seven inches. That one, like, what, what did you think of the yeah. distinction? It seems like a very small difference in in screen size there. Yeah, so the Play has a bigger battery life, um, but like the style is the more upgraded phone, the Pure Edition, and actually the Moto X Play is not coming to the US anytime soon. So that's kind of interesting that they're just going to sell us the Moto X style. So I think Russell. I, if I want the extra battery, I'm gonna have to have you ship me a phone from Australia because I can't I can't get <laughs> How it here the in the US. Have turned. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because Motorola has a history of being terrible at shipping outside of the US. You know, we often get things two, three, four months later, and we don't get things like you know Motor Maker where we get to customize our phone. So it's interesting that they have a device that's not coming to the US. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for like the camera updates, of course. Um, I haven't seen the actual pictures, so I still have, you know, like megapixels don't really mean anything much now. So I want to see the quality of it. Um, so I'm excited if it's actually a really good camera because the camera on the Moto X 2014 uh, could be better. Um, I wish it was better. So the cool thing I'm really excited about is the water protection, like we talked about uh, before that it comes with the Moto G as well. Um, I, I'm excited for that because I live in Arizona, we're around pools and accidents happen. Um, and of course you get a bigger battery, which is great. The only thing that I'm not so excited is that it's a slightly bigger phone than the current Moto X 2014. Um, and the only reason why I say I'm not that excited about is I, my, uh, best friend bought me this like cute little clutch that you can put your phone in the back and like the current Moto X 2014 barely fits in there. <laughs> and so it's one of those things that like, I just love to throw my phone in there and it just has like some cards um, and I can just go to the store and make a quick run. And so with the bigger phone, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But of course, you know, if all the stores I go to start accepting Android pay, then I don't have to worry about carrying around my cards and uh, you know, whatnot. So we'll see. Hopefully that's that's the future. Yeah, that that's the thing. That my my fingers are really crossed for the camera on the Moto X because the first the, the the first generation Moto it was just a terrible camera. The 2014 it was decent, but it's being but it's competing with uh, cameras the by not just by by Apple but also Samsung cameras and H and uh, HD, uh, LG cameras. Uh, that are just even in the right circumstances can even kick the the iPhone's butt, and so you're just you know you, you want something that is as good as at least like the not the best camera in the world, but at least can compete with the top tier. Like in good it's in good light, give me good pictures. So if that that would be the, that was the deal breaker for me uh, even last year uh, for the Moto X. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, and now that now they've got a 21 megapixel image sensor too. That's another thing. I, I I'm still carrying around my iPhone, but oh boy, it's really becoming clear that Apple has its work cut out to it. Uh, they were once the absolute top of the top of the yard 
uh, for everything related to photography. And now it's not a bad camera, but it boy, now it's seriously lagging behind this eight megapixel shooter. Uh, now that you can, now that Sony is shipping 21 megapixel sensors that are really, really good and perform really, really well in low light, why wouldn't you rather have this ability to take the picture from where you're standing and then crop it down and still have a good, you know, fridge print worthy uh, amount of detail in yeah. there? So, a lot, lot of good, lot of good things happening today. No, most definitely, and I think it's interesting that. Motorola seemed self-aware enough to mention the camera, you know, three, four, five times. They just stressed it. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> we heard you. We now have a really good camera. We promise. We re-engineered all the software behind it. You know, we got the flagship sensors. Uh, we set up an image lab to test all this stuff. You know, they're saying all the right things. I think if they can actually deliver on that, then there'll, there'll be a lot of excited people. Well, that's a, remember that at the launch of the first Moto, uh, Moto X, that was another big deal too. They were saying, and we have this brand new image sensor technology where one of the pixel sensors is actually clear to let in more light. So it's like, <laughs> okay, we, we want to believe you. We'll take pictures. We're not going to judge it until we take some pictures with it. Uh, D- uh, Digital Photography Review, apparently they got a hold of a pre-production engineering sample. Not for, not for like a daily long testing. It looked like there was somebody like standing right behind them, you know, with with a, with a stopwatch. And so there are some. If you go to dpreview.com, you can see a collection of pictures along with like one to one pixel zooms of it. They look pretty good. And these aren't just demo pictures shot by Motorola. These are just shot by whatever person uh, they had at DP Review holding the camera. So fingers crossed. Awesome. I'm excited to take a look. This episode of Material is brought to you by Action Launcher. Action Launcher 3 is a custom launcher for your Android devices. iOS users may not be aware, but with Android, replacing your home screen is as easy as installing an app from the Play Store. And the cool thing about it is that since Google open open sources so much of their code, Action Launcher 3 is actually built with that same code that was used for Google's launcher. Action Launcher's feature set is designed around the idea that it's easier to have all your apps and shortcuts on a single home screen, so you don't have to ask your brain, which folder is that in? Which home screen page is that folder on? The cool thing about it is that you can add as many apps into a folder as you want. So for instance, on my phone, I have a section called gaming. And so I put all of my games in that folder. And so I can just kind of scroll and see which games do I want to play on Android today. And another thing that Action Launcher 3 has is called covers, which is a special type of folder. Pretty much it means that you can make one of those apps into a cover on that folder and you can quickly access that by either swiping or double tapping on a cover and you, it opens the, the app that you um, wanted to use. Unlike other folders where you have to tap once on the folder, then again to launch an app. So it just kind of removes an extra step and it's a quick way for you to get to that number one app that you want to use. Action Launcher 3 also has other features like Quick Theme, which will extract the colors from your wallpaper image and use those colors to tint some items on your home screen, such as the Google search bar and the background of the folders. And I actually love this feature because I can have different wallpapers and Action Launcher 3 automatically picks those colors from that wallpaper and it makes it into a really beautiful home screen. And last but not least, there is a really handy A to Z list of all your apps on your device, which can be found in the quick drawer. And you no longer have to be searching for that app. Action Launcher 3 has been featured by The Verge as one of the 10 best material design apps on Android and it was ranked number one on Android Central's best Android launcher of 2015 list. It was designed and written by one guy who, like Russell, happens to be in Australia. And so we thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we just started sending koalas to the Action Launcher 3 Play Store reviews? I don't know. What do you guys think, fans? Can you guys give Chris Lacey some love and let him know that material sent you? And Action Launcher is free to try out. Check it out in the Play Store. And if you want to unlock its full potential, it's just $5 in-app purchase and unlocks everything. And it is awesome. And we want to thank Action Launcher 3 for supporting Material. So I know we've been talking a lot about the Motorola event and just kind of talking about phones, but I thought it would be awesome if we kind of spent the rest of the episode talking about uh, different flagship phones and how you know, the relationship that Google has with manufacturers and how that all kind of uh, plays out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think 
for anyone that comes from the the Apple kind of world, you know that they're very used to Apple creates iOS, Apple creates the hardware, um, Apple organizes all the updates that go out. You know, every single bit of the chain, even though some of the components might be made by Samsung or LG or uh, you know Foxconn, a- Apple's kind of in control of that whole process. And I guess when when you look at Google, it's very different. You know, Google creates the open source uh, version of Android, and then manufacturers get that and they modify it. That however they choose. So every different manufacturer chooses a different way to uh, to customize Android and then they build the hardware that it runs on and then they have their own relationships with carriers and then they have their own update schedules as well, which is, you know, it's a, it's a very different kind of world to live in for, for anyone that's not familiar with that. There's all these different people involved that, you know, on the Apple side of things just aren't there. Yeah, especially the, the variety of hardware that's out there. You can just have a company just go absolutely nuts and say... Yeah, that's a really crazy, stupid size for phone to to phone to be. No, no, no rational thinking human being would ever want to buy a phone that's as big as that. But you know what? We're in the business of making phones. Let's build a crazy ass big phone, and we'll see. And well, what do you know? You get the Galaxy Note, and people actually <laughs> buy it. And now every but every other manufacturer realizes, holy crap, we got to start building bigger phones. Uh, and so it's I, that's one of the things that always attracted me to Android: the fact that you don't, if you don't like the one phone that this one manufacturer makes, even if it's just because you don't like the shape of it or you don't like the des, the, the physical design of it. That's okay. There are always going to be at least four or five other phones that'll, that'll work for you that, that you can choose from. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I think the interesting thing is that each manufacturer in the Android world, at least a lot of the top tier ones, seem to have their own approach. Like, I, I guess Samsung is is the best known. You know, they've got their Galaxy lines of phone. They've got, I guess, the Note and the the standard one that they tend to push. And like you say, Andy, the, the Note was one of the first phones to just go huge. And people laughed at it. They're like, ha-ha, big phone, very funny. Who's going to buy those? And then they sold 5 million, and then they sold 10 million, and then they sold 15 million. People are like, oh, maybe there's a market for these things. And it, it always seems like Samsung, out of all the manufacturers, is the one trying to push you know, their hardware the hardest. And they, they do a lot more advertising you know, than a lot of the other companies. And they have this interesting sort of relationship with their flagship phones. Like I think you saw... You know, with the Galaxy S3, that was probably the first one that was like a, a standout hit for them. You know, it really, you know, it, it ticked a lot of the right boxes. You know, it seemed to get a lot of love. And then they kind of stagnated a bit with the S4 and the S5. You know, there were more iterations of the S3. And I think you could see with the S6, they, they went back to the drawing board a bit. And they said, right, we're just going to make... You could say they went back to Apple's drawing board, but <laughs> but that's okay. The, 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 the iPhone 6 is a really, really pretty phone. <laughs> And I think that people should have pretty phones. I don't, I don't think Samsung has ever been shy about uh, borrowing ideas from HTC yeah. or Apple or Motorola or anyone really. Like they, I, I think they definitely look around and they're like, right, what do people uh, like and what what should we build? And this year was interesting. They brought out a phone that was you know glass front and back, you know all aluminium around the sides, really high end, you know amazing camera. And I think this is the first time I've ever heard heard Samsung mention that they were shipping less. They, I don't I don't think they called it bloatware, but basically like a less bloated experience because Samsung's thing has always been uh, let's let's create a replacement app for every single app on Android. Like we want our own mail app, we want our own <laughs> browser, um, we want our own everything. Like every single stock app had a Samsung equivalent and Samsung would preload it onto the phones. And then they'd have these weird relationships with all these other companies where they'd preload, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all these other apps that came with your phone and sometimes you couldn't even get them off. And it seems like this year they've definitely backed off from that which i thought was kind of interesting to see yeah that's an excellent trend for everybody that's one of the reasons why motorola can deliver such great performance with even their less expensive moto g because every single one of those little extra bits of experience quote unquote that the manufacturer adds it also often adds another piece of background code that has to you know that has to be run and launch and stay persistent and that's going to uh, kill battery a little bit it's going to affect performance a little bit and that's why when I'm testing out like a Moto G phone, I'm surprised to find that if I'm running the phony baloney, you know, JavaScript benchmarks and other uh, other speed tests, it's not nearly as outperformed by these top of the line phones as the chip architecture would make you think. And it's because it's this low overhead environment, which they're not cluttering the experience. I mean, that's the th- I as much as I like Android's diversity, I don't like the fact that. You open it up, and they take this beautiful material design interface that uh, where, where uh, Google just absolutely started to nail it with Android four, uh, and then with Android five, they just built on that. It's like you don't need to fix anything anymore. It was pretty before you <laughs> before you just cracked a hard boiled egg on top of it, and now it's just all congealed egg. You know, 
Yeah, get me my material. It's an interesting transition because you you saw in the Android, you know, two and Android three days, which Android three didn't even exist for you know a lot of phones. But it's it's interesting to see just how you know people like HTC, for example, tried to make Android pretty. And back then, it was it was a huge selling feature. You know, HTC employed all these designers and and developers to try and make the experience nicer. And I think in a lot of ways they succeeded. And now fast forward to 2015 where, you know, stock Android is, is amazingly, you know, good looking and coherent. And you get companies like HTC whose whole thing used to be like, we're going to customize this thing. We have a thing called Sense that goes over the top. Even they're starting to to back off now. So their their flagship phone is the, the M9, I believe it's called. And it, it's interesting. They kind of pioneered the, you know, all aluminum phone with the, uh, the line breaks in the back of it with the the M7, and it, it seems like they're the only ones kind of still going in that direction. You know, they have their HTC kind of uh, style, and they've they've definitely been sticking to that. But I I feel like more recently they've been left behind by by a lot of the other manufacturers. Yeah, one of the interesting uh, trends that I've like kind of seen, um, and I think Moto Motorola started uh, doing this first, which is kind of like customizing your phone. Um, you know, you can change the colors or even the material like, uh, the, the one plus two was just announced and they actually announced it via virtual reality. I guess there was like a, an app that you could watch the, the announcement on your car on Google cardboard. Um, and it comes with like a replaceable backplate and, um, it had like wood was one of the options that you could do. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that there is a lot more customization um, for just materials, which is kind of cool that you get to choose that. Um, the OnePlus 2, they has a fingerprint scanner, which is a pretty neat. And is it one of the first phones that com- that came out with USB Type-C? I think it might I actually, guys... I mean, it hasn't actually shipped yet, but I think it might be the first. I haven't seen any other Android phones yeah. with USB-C on them. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a first, that's like pretty awesome that they're the, one of the first phones to do that. But they did something really weird, is they got rid of their NFC, um, which means Android Pay is no longer going to work on that phone, which is <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's supposed to be their like flagship phone, and they got rid of NFC. And their reasoning is, we heard from a lot of users of the One, and saw most of our users weren't using NFC. And that just made me giggle because NFC is not something that you use like every single day. It's something that you use, you know, every once in a while, but it's a pretty important feature. And what NFC does is it allows you to transfer um, information, you know, either by kind of a proximity or kind of close contact um, with another NFC uh, chip. So I just don't know why they did that because now they can't do uh, Android Pay. And that's just so, so bizarre. I guess the interesting thing about OnePlus in the Android space is they kind of build themselves as an independent hardware builder. I guess they don't make a lot of phones. They're, they've tried to create this air of, you know, exclusivity. I think with their original phone, you, had, you know, it was invite only. You had to try and um, get an invite for them to get this phone. And they their marketing was a little bit questionable of, of that phone. They, oh, they, gosh, they made quite a yeah. few missteps with it, I think. But they've always kind of pitched themselves as, you know, we're this small independent company and they... They did partner with a company called Cyanogen, which actually makes takes the open source version of Android and makes their own version of it. And more recently, they've been making their own Oxygen OS, I think it's called. So it's interesting to see something like that in the Android world where you've got this small company kind of building their own hardware, trying to market it themselves and trying to differentiate it from everyone else. I mean, the fact that they've left out NFC seems, seems a bit strange. It doesn't seem sort of very forward-looking, but you never know, like, you know, with all these things. Yeah, I think it just kind of, along with their marketing, just kind of shows how out of touch with their consumers they are, but maybe. But, you know, I have have a friend that has a OnePlus One, and he loves that phone. Um, he says it's just, it's an it's a pretty great phone, but his has NFC on it. So I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him, hey, will you be upgrading to the OnePlus Two? Um, is, like, the NFC gone? Is that is that going to, like, mess with you much or... Are you wanting to to get the fingerprint scanner? So yeah, that, it'll be interesting. That's the other interesting thing because in in Android M, the the next version of Android that's coming out later this year, um, Google's actually said you know fingerprint reading is going to be built into the OS. Like at the moment, um, Samsung has it. You know they built it themselves into their their last two phones, I think. Um, and it's interesting to see how many other manufacturers will will now have that as well. You know, obviously OnePlus is adding it. I don't think Moto Moto said anything about it, but. Presumably they'll you know have it down the line. 
I think if you're talking top tier manufacturers, though, the other one is probably LG. They've they've been quite big on the over the years. They've got their um their G4, which is their flagship phone, and it's interesting to see, you know, in the the world of screens. I guess the majority of screens are manufactured by Samsung or LG, and it's interesting to see that those are the two phones that have gone for the, the I guess you call it the 4x resolution of Android. I think it's 2560 by 1440. So there's really uh, ultra high res panels, you know, with more pixels than I think any other phone on the market. And it's interesting to see those two are the ones with the you know really good screens and really good cameras, and they're trying to sort of compete on that front. And LG recently has been doing the same with their customization. So they also had, you know, a custom theme on top of Android that they're, that they're also scaling back. And I think that's that seems to be the, the trend across all of them. You know, we've gone super heavy into customizations and we're slowly going to try and back those off to to get more to the stock experience, which I guess they they must be hearing from, you know, their customers and whatever surveys they're doing that, you know, we, we want things that are more stock. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like I said, there's there's not a problem that needs to be solved now, whereas before you really need to fix all the user experience stuff that Google seemed to have put on the back burner. Um, it's, uh, I can, for some reason, I can never just get behind LG's design or HTC's design. They've, uh, I, I, it seems as though they're trying to go for the premium aspect of, of a Samsung phone without really adding anything that's really new or innovative with it um uh, htc's particularly seem to be sort of like skidding into the turn and then winding up in the bushes uh, every time they try to uh, innovate with the with the user interface it's like it just it just seems like different to be different i love motorola i mean if uh, i i think that uh, the only thing i'd really love to to keep from a samsung phone is their camera because they're 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 just the best android cameras consistently across the line uh, but motorola is the company that seems to be taking what google is providing them with and trying to find a way to move it one step forward while maintaining the integrity of what google gave them uh all the sort of stuff you can do without touching the phone all the ways that, uh, uh, that it will understand the context in which the phone is being used without you having to really uh, manually switch things on and switch things off i don't think there's any other company that makes android phones that uh, I look forward to a new announcement as much as I look forward to a Motorola phone, and I certainly don't get that sort of thing from HTC or LG. No, and I, I know both those companies; they definitely have their fans. You know, I, I hear from them all all the time online. But I'm the same. Like I just, I I'm always interested to hear what they have to say. But you know, then they bring out their phone. I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it's nice, <laughs> but it's it's not for me. And I guess, like we were saying, that's that's the good thing about having choice. You know, if those phones don't appeal to you, I mean, they seem to be selling, so they obviously appeal to to other people out there and I guess that's not a bad thing and I think the only other one we haven't mentioned is probably um, a lot of the other manufacturers and I think the one that might surprise the most people is Sony you know it's interesting to me that Sony makes these camera image sensors that go into all the high-end phones that take all these amazing photos and then you have the Sony phone division which just seems to make you know misstep after misstep and they don't seem to really resonate in the market and they often don't even have the best cameras which is you know really weird I'm not really sure what their future is like but it yeah at the moment it just i don't know sony doesn't excite me also sony worries me they don't they don't seem to be making android phones a priority which means that to to, if unless they were a super compelling device that i just had to have my worry would be what's the risk that in a year's time they're going to stop making android phones and then i'm never going to be able to get another update for this um so uh, they, they, there's there's some nice uh, nice design there. Used to be that they had some kind of unique image sensor technology there because you know they they'd be the first people to buy first people to buy their own image sensors. But other <laughs> than that, it's hard to really uh, it's hard for me to get excited about it. I, I'm kind of interested to see when uh, Huawei starts to make a more deliberate push uh, outside of China. Right now, you can get these really nice, very very simple, and actually nicely designed Android phones at Walmart, which is the you know the Mr. and Mrs. Front Porch uh, buy a buy a, a bag of eight pairs of white tube socks for three dollars and get a good bargain, uh, get changed back for your five dollar bill on it, sort of stores. Um, so the ones that we're seeing right now are kind of targeted towards people who want to own a phone but don't have a lot of money to spend but now we're but we're definitely seeing what they make available to the rest of the world and they they they're they're making some real top of the line phones with some really nice specs uh, at very affordable prices uh, so kind of interested to see if they follow that through uh, again getting back to Motorola they're the Motorola's the company that tries to deliver the whole package where it's not only affordable not only is it a nice package but let's try to make you a phone that you're going to be excited about owning whether it's about having a purple case with 
pink highlights uh, and, Google, and and gold chrome uh, accents. Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to make a phone that's not boring. Uh, but Huawei may might be able to do that for me. Yeah, I think that they're definitely one to watch. You know, if, if there's sort of up and coming companies in the Android world, I think uh, Huawei is definitely definitely one of them. This this might be a good time to take a quick break and tell you about our second sponsor, Igloo. Um, this episode of Material is brought to you by Igloo, the inter- the internet. Sorry, you'll actually like. Um, I guess the great thing about Igloo is you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop while you're in a meeting. You can share status updates from your phone. Um, you know, as you're leaving a site, and you've always got access to the latest, you know, version of a file, no matter where you are. And I guess that's the interesting thing, you know, with internets, a lot of people expect them to be, oh, I have to log into my corporate browser and I have to do this. Igloo is available everywhere. And, you know, these days everything is mobile and your work should be too. You know, with our mobile lives, people are increasingly bringing outside apps into companies and sensitive documents are getting, you know, scattered everywhere. And that can cause you really big problems if you're you know, in charge of IT or you're trying to keep track of where all these different documents are. And I guess that's another problem that Igloo solves. You know, they integrate with services like Box, Google Drive, um, Dropbox, and they do it all in a secure way. So, I mean, if your IT department knows about terms like 256-bit encryption, um, single sign-on, active, you know, directory, then, uh, you know, those are all the terms they look for when they're looking for something that's secure and can fit in with the system that they work with. Um, with Igloo, you can also share files with your coworkers. So if you want to co- collaborate on a file, you know it's easy to share. You get read receipts, which are really important to know. You know, has has this coworker I've sent it to? Have they read what I've sent them? You know, have they acknowledged it? And it's it's when you're trying to get critical information out there. You know, that's that's really important. I guess the takeaway from this is that it's really time to take a break away from the internet you hate. You know, if you're really annoyed with the current internet that you're running, then Igloo is definitely worth a, a look at. You can go sign up for Igloo right now. Um, you can try it free for any team up to 10 people uh, for as long as you want. If your team's bigger than 10 people, uh, there's still a free trial that you can take advantage of. So you can sign up at igloosoftware.com slash material. And we really encourage you to do that. You know, if you want to support the show and you work at a company and like, oh, you know, internet really sucks. Igloosoftware.com you know, slash material. Check it out. And we really want to thank Igloo for supporting material and all of Relay FM. Yeah, thank you, Igloo. We did talk earlier on about the one big drawback of Android, which is uh, Apple will always update an iPhone so long as they are still able to take hopes and dreams and turn them into spendable cash. And there seems to be no end to that. Whereas you never know if a manufacturer of an Android phone is going to continue to support this device uh, when it becomes economically more feasible to try to convince us to buy a new one. And one of the ways to get us to do that is to stop providing us with OS updates. Uh, and so that is a that is an ongoing concern, uh, and it's I think there's that kind of is going to affect what manufacturer you kind of pick. Uh, it used to be you'd be able to get uh, it's the you have Google Nexus devices, which ostensibly you're getting updates directly from Google. Those are fine. Uh, Russell and I both have Nexus five phones, pretty much for that reason. Russell's a developer. I'm not a developer, but I again. I don't like to have to wait for those fancy new colorful buttons. Uh, I'm a flawed, flawed person. Uh, but uh, you can also, but uh, Motorola is second on the list. I mean, they do tend to be the next in line to get things out really, really quickly. Um, and you're always, I think, have an advantage when you're buying a uh, a phone that's not being sold to you, uh, that's not locked to a carrier, uh, because already you would have to wait for. Motorola to decide that they're gonna that uh, for Motorola to take the uh, the 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 canonical version of Android that just got released and make a version of it that that supports a, a Motorola handset. If you are buying, uh, if you got your phone through AT and T or through your local carrier, now you're, then that phone gets offered to the local carrier. Now the local carrier is going to add their own crap to it and make their own modifications to it. So now you have to have votes from two different boardrooms to make sure it's feasible for you to be allowed to have this update. Uh, that was the biggest shocker when I got my uh, first full time Android phone, the Galaxy S three. That I was waiting like almost a full year to get the update to 4.0, and I think I wound up having to just go to the Cyanogen uh, route where you'd simply say, that's it. I'm not going to trust AT&T anymore. I'm not going to trust Samsung anymore. I'm going to get it directly from this community of developers that take those binaries fresh fresh from the factory floor and and burn out a version for every single phone with a pulse. Like does that like yes, me? Does that does that affect like your your does that affect like what phone you you uh, chose to begin with, or 
is that just sort of an add-on? Yeah, definitely. Like I used to love just kind of sticking the Nexus route because I knew I was going to get the update. And so kind of Motorola opened the door for me to try out a different phone because I was like, hey, they're kind of better at getting updates. Um, so they're doing a better job of it. And I'm, I think I'm kind of sold on the Motorola, you know, bandwagon. I like the features when it reads, you know, my text when I'm on the road and other things. Um, but yeah, one of the like, things that really sucks about the the relationship that Google has with manufacturers is like it can actually from a security perspective really affect you. Um, I don't know if you guys read the story, but it was on NPR and there's a major flaw in Android phones that would allow hackers to get into your phone with just a text. And the way that it is, is that like a hacker can create a short video and hides malware inside of it and texts you, you the the video, you know, with the bad code in there. Um, and without you even opening it, it could start processing and trigger the vulnerability. So like things like that, if you don't have that update on your phone, that's just bad. And the thing is that Google like patched it and sent it out to all the manufacturers and um, said, hey, look, go get this out. But the thing is, like you said, uh, Andy, is that if there's not a financial incentive some of these people would just be like, oops, I'm sorry, that stinks, like, too bad. <laughs> um, and so that's that that stuff like that is just not not good. <laughs> so I wish there was a, an easier way or for Google to have, like, direct access and just kind of ship it to all Android phones um, to kind of fix stuff like that. But I think I that's know. one of the interesting things if you've kind of followed Google for the last few years is is they're slowly making all these different, um, you know, it's almost like they're playing this game of chess. They're slowly making all the moves that are required for them to be able to ship more and more things um, to your phone without involving manufacturers or carriers. So you've got this library inside Android called Google Play Services. And it used to be that a very small amount of stuff, you know, went in there. It was some things to do with gaming and it was a few other things. And it's funny, over the years, it seems like Google has put more and more and more of their actual operating system into there. And the thing about that is they're able to ship that out through the Google Play Store. So, you know, I think there's roughly, you know, 1 billion Android devices with access to the the Google Play Store. And any one of those devices can be updated, you know, just over the air. And it's, they're doing the same thing with the web view in uh, Android 5. So that's now, you know, a separate component that's broken out and is able to be updated. Yeah, it's a web view over the web. Ta-da. And it's it's really interesting. <laughs> I don't think that's a coincidence that they've started jamming more and more things in there. And I believe they have some kind of um, separate security thing as well that they can ship. And it's funny, it doesn't apply to this this text message vulnerability because that's at a, a really, really low level. Like this thing right at the bottom of Android called Stage Fright, which does a lot of the the media playback. Terrible name, by the way. <laughs> it does It does sound like the name of the malware attack, yeah. <laughs> I'm quite familiar with that because we uh, we end up using it in Pocket Cast, like you know, a lot of different levels. But it's it's very interesting to me that the Google are trying to wrestle control back from all these different people, and they're trying to ship all this all this stuff through the Google Play Store instead. You know, they they still know when you're having 100 percent control, but they they seem to be getting closer and closer every year. Yeah, that's that that blunts a lot of the problem. Uh, remember that uh, Apple wanted to create a new music app a new music app that supports the new music service, they were unable to simply release an app for that. They had to go ahead and release it as part of an entire OS update. Uh, Whereas even if you didn't buy a Nexus phone, if you decided that your HTC came with a a launcher that's just kind of ugly, you really wish you had the stock Google launcher, that's okay. Go to the Play Store and download the stock Google Google Android launcher or the stock Google keyboard or the stock Google uh, camera app. You can really rewind pretty much most, uh, at least most of the the biggest Surface things so that you will get uh, Google now where you expect it to be and everything, uh, everything nice and pure and clean. And as you said, the the fact that Google Play services and a lot of other low-level things are just files that can be updated separately means it's not as big of a pain in the butt as it might have been a couple of years ago. But still, the fact that you can get really horrendous malware that hits your phone without you ever doing anything to enable that to happen and you're going to have to sort of wait for your carrier to decide that it's in their best interest to let you have not malware on your phone <laughs> that's that that is a bit of a downside that's that would be that would be a checkbox in the no call in the negative column yeah yeah i think definitely you know it, it's funny you see some people they get on the android bag 
bandwagon because they really love it. And they're like, Android's the best. There are no flaws in Android. But, I mean, if you're going to pick some flaws, that, that is a major one, the amount of time. It, <laughs> yeah. so even if Google patches something, you know, has to go to the manufacturer, the manufacturer has to test that. Then they actually send it to the carrier who also tests it and has to approve it. And often at any point in that process, someone can just say, no, you know, this can't go out for reason X. And, okay, we have to go back to the beginning and start again. And that can take months. We've, we've talked about Cyanogen, which is probably the, f- the most famous uh, custom ROM out there. Um, I've actually never had to fool around with any of that sort of stuff. Uh, and so, but whenever I go, whenever I go into like the really, really intense forums, there's always a debate about these 14 different custom ROMs about, oh, I wish, <laughs> I wish it were, I want to be able to long press, but then slide. Oh, well, there's a version of this Taiwanese <laughs> ROM that added that specifically. Uh, I don't like Russell. Do, do you do you run custom ROMs? I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't run them personally, but I have. I, I just don't want to brick my phone every time I, I look. <laughs> I, I'm tempted. I look at. I look at the instructions saying <laughs> every every third sentence. And if you do this wrong, you'll brick your phone. Step four: hold down this button while you restart. <laughs> and if you hold down the button too long, you'll brick your phone. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely done it, but I guess the advantage I have is I'm surrounded by Android phones. So sometimes, like, I am curious. Like, it's it's kind of I think stems back to those PC days. Like, I used to be a a huge like Windows user and I'd go in and I'd tweak all the settings and I'd get everything just right and I'd install all these additions. And Android has that sort of side component to it where um, you can do this thing called routing your phone, which is very weird yeah. if you're from Australia. That means something completely different here. <laughs> but it's it's this thing where you can basically take control of your phone and then you can install your own operating system. And there are these forums, like you say, Andy, that you go to, and there are hundreds of these things. You know, There's all these passionate... Um, independent developers and they're all making their own little tweaks and they think oh you know wouldn't it be awesome if you uh, tap with four fingers and slide right and this happens and I guarantee you someone's done it and there are some people who are not happy with really low level things like oh I'm not happy with the way Android schedules uh, background tasks for performance blah 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 I'm just going to ramp that up to 11 and you'll get some ROMs that do that or some ROMs that are like no we care about your battery life so basically everything is turned off and these things you know happen once every two hours or whatever there's just so many different things and some of them are all about making your phone look different so being able to skin it or do these various things on it if i had to guess i'd say these things are maybe becoming um, less popular and a bit more niche you know as the android marketplace grows i can't imagine you know my friend that i recommended this moto g2 going oh i might just jump on uh, these android forums i might just you know run all these commands and <laughs> long press this and boot that. It's, it's a very involved <laughs> process i think for people that are familiar with it, I'm sure it's second nature. You plug in your phone, you press the magical buttons, you install it, and you know, 10 minutes later you have a completely different operating system on your phone. And the, the geek factor in that is amazing, but I'm not sure that you know, most regular people care. Yeah. I will say, though, Cyanogen Mod has a pretty quick uh, installer. Like You just plug in your phone and it has these steps on your screen and you just click continue, continue. So it's like installing an app almost uh, from your computer. So it's actually really easy. The problem is when you want to revert back yeah. to the original format, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just try yeah. it. For anyone that's interested in Google, the name of your phone, revert to stock Android, and there's a hundred different articles about how First, to do go, it. go to Best Buy, bring $400 with you. <laughs> <laughs> ask if they have the exact yeah, same yeah. phone that you that you had before yeah i mean it's with there there with there is there is no heads without a tails there's no inside without an outside there is no good without an, a, a, an evil attached to it and the great great power that you get to do whatever you want to your android phone means that you can do whatever you want to your android phone that you did not intend to do and that you don't have the intelligence or the knowledge or the experience to reverse uh, and that's that's what's that's what's held me up uh, so many times on different places but like I, I'm just I, I think that I, I do think that a lot of these custom ROMs are going to go the way of uh, like in the in the first couple of years of the iPhone, uh, jailbreaking was part of the iPhone experience. That was the ability to basically change the bootloader and uh, be able to modify. Uh, uh, basically break the break the the chains that apple had put onto it so you can sideload in apps that did not come from the official app store actually even before there was an app store for the iphone the, a jailbroken phone people had figured out how to write apps for the iphone how to do things like tethering which didn't exist how to do things like copy and paste which didn't exist but now you almost never hear about that except for people who are hobbyists who just like to have full ownership of their devices uh, there's some people who are even trying to port android to the iphone for that reason so maybe we're going to see the same sort of vector for uh, for ROMs uh, for for the, for Android. There used to be a time where you really had to be able to get custom ROMs because it was a, it was a nice operating system, but it wasn't a really great operating system. But as you remove 
the number of complaints that a user can have about limitations, you remove limitations, you remove reasons for them to go through those 40 pages of steps uh, with all the skulls and crossbones after every third one uh, to, uh, to fix <laughs> problems that no longer exist. And you know what? Talking about all these awesome ROMs and phones just makes me want to go cuddle up with my phone on a nice, comfy mattress. And which brings us to our next sponsor, which is Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that you can get for a fraction of the price that you'll find in stores. The mattress industry has inherently forced consumers into paying notoriously high prices. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly onto you, the consumer. A Casper mattress provides resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort. Casper's mattress is one-of-a-kind, a new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. These two technologies come together for a better night and brighter days. It has just the right sink and just the right bounce. Usually mattresses can cost you over $1,500, but Casper mattress costs between $500 for a twin-size mattress or, you know, $950 for a king-size mattress. And all Casper mattress are made in the USA. They're made in America. Casper understands that buying a mattress online can have you wondering how this is possible. How do I receive a mattress that I've never even slept on? Well, no worries. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and returns with a 100-day period. It's that simple. Lying out of bed for four minutes in a showroom is not going to tell you if this is the right bed for you. Casper turns this buying process into a risk-free experience. Casper understands the importance of truly finding out if a mattress is right for you because you're going to spend one-third of your life on it. Casper mattresses are shipped to you in a box, and opening them is an own awesome experience all on its own. It's like an unboxing of a new gadget, but when you open it, a mattress comes out. It comes to life from its vacuum-packed bag. Listeners of the show can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com forward slash material and using the code material. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much, Casper, for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Don't forget to get a good night's rest and let them know material sent you. Thanks for that, Yasmin. Um, I could really use a new mattress, actually. I'm going to have to uh, look into these things. Um, I thought the the final thing we could quickly cover is um, maybe some of the future aspirations that these companies are going for. And I think this is a pet topic of mine. I don't know if anyone else cares, but I look at all these different companies and they have very different philosophies. You know, you look at someone like Samsung, and I suspect that internally somewhere they're, they're working as hard as they can to get rid of Google from their lives. Like I think if they had the choice, you know, they'd even make their own OS. I mean, they already do with, with some of the things that they do. And I, I think if they could, if there was a way that they could have their own mapping service, their own browser, their own email, their own cloud service, their own everything, they'd happily release, you know, the Samsung phone. I don't think they're, they're there yet. You know, I think they're sensible enough to realize that there's a lot of services that Google currently provides that consumers want. And so they're not kind of comfortable leaving that yet. And then you've got Motorola, which is at the other end of the spectrum. Um, you know, they were actually bought by Google at one stage. They're, they're now owned by Lenovo, but they've gone really like everything is stock Android, everything is Google. We're going to promote the Google brand heavily. And then we're going to add services on top of that. So things like Yasmin was saying, you're driving in the car and it knows you're driving, so it'll read your text messages. Um, things like it being able to... Um, listen at all times. You know that's something I believe no other Android phone does without sort of customizations, and they're really like pushing the the budget sort of smartphone thing as well. And I suspect that's where they're going to go in the future. Like they're going to try and stay, you know, that middle of the road, not the most expensive phone. You know, providing a cheap phone and a mid range phone that they try and sell into um, to more and more markets. And then it's interesting. You've got LG and HTC, which used to be you know huge in the Android world in the early days. You know, HTC was it at least in Australia. They were the number one sort of people pushing all these different Android devices. And, you know, they've tried their own things. Like HTC tried a partnership with, um, uh, I think it was Beats, which is now owned by Apple. But, you know, they had boom sound in their phone and um, they had this thing called Blink Feed where you pull left and you get your news. And I feel like if any sort of of the major manufacturers are kind of, you know, lost their way a little bit, I feel like it's those two. You know, they I'm sure they have internal plans for where they want to go and what they want to do, but it, in terms of ambitions and, and things that I see them doing, they, they seem like they're the ones that are the least clear, you know, going forward. I have no idea, you know, what the next LG flagship is going to look like, what the HTC M10 or whatever they call the next thing is going to look like. You know, it's 
it's not 100% clear. And I think a lot of those companies struggle to make money as well, which is which is the hard part, you know, in the Android ecosystem. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to get attention when Samsung is, is shipping just so many units in Android space. And Motorola can at least get attention with here are uh, here are phones that are unique. LG and HTC and the others, they really do kind of look like a ball of rice just stuck together. There's this one big glom of other phones that I don't, see, I, they almost read to me as different $30 and $40 phone cases that you buy on Amazon where the features themselves don't really penetrate to me so much as here's what it looks like. So if you don't if you don't like the fact that the Galaxy S6 has a glass back which makes it pretty slippery, okay, take a look at the, L- the LG. It has has comparable specs. It has a, a removable uh, removable storage, which is nice. They're not really differentiating quite as hard. I really do. I really think that the first two stops when you're shopping is Samsung and Motorola, and we've already you know sung the praises of Motorola a little bit like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised the show isn't sponsored by them. <laughs> no, 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 me, me too. Again, again, I mean, I just, I, I think that LG and HTC's goals right now are let's see if we can actually make payroll in 2016. Yeah, and HTC oh. especially, they've had a lot of financial problems recently. You know, they've had their earnings announcements and that sort of thing, and it's it's definitely interesting. You know, about six months ago, they probably almost went out of business. You know, all the figures were trending down, and people were starting to get laid off. And you're like, uh. and I mean, it's. I don't like kicking people when they're down. Like I, I hope there's a there's a future for those two, but I, I think things are a lot more clear for the the Samsungs and the Motorola's of the world. We love you, LG. We love you, HTC. <laughs> Mwah, big you kisses to both of you. You can do it. <laughs> Just what makes Just that night. little old phone think that it can compete with <laughs> Apple and Samsung and Moto? Everyone, knows. okay. Well, All right, that so ran out of steam quickly. Go quick, quick round the table. If you had to choose. Um, you know, money is no object. You can just go in and walk, walk into a store. You get one free phone. What's what's the phone you'd walk out with today? Yes, man. I think I would get the Moto X Style uh, Pure Edition or whatever they they're calling it now. Um, I think that's what I would walk out. But you know what? I'm actually kind of really excited um, to see what uh, Google comes out with the Nexus in October. Although I don't know if I'm going to be able to like ever give up all those awesome customizations that Motorola has on my phone now. You know, it they, I I like to commit myself uh, to something, and I think I've committed myself to the Motorola. So we'll see. <laughs> what about you, Andy? Don't know. I mean, I I like the physical design of the Galaxy S6. I love the camera, the Galaxy S S6. I like pretty much everything else about the Moto X. Uh, so it's kind of hard to decide, uh, but you bring up a good point. I mean, there's uh, we don't know for sure that Google is 100% committed to continue the Nexus line, uh, but if they do come up with a Nexus 7 phone, that's always got to be a contender for my next phone. Um, whichever one I come out of the store with, I'd probably tip the clerk another $100 to kite up the receipt so that it looks like it cost a thousand dollars more than it did uh so that when i get my invoices paid i could just you know again get get, get a couple of weekends in uh, in new york uh, out of it with my new phone <laughs> I, I think for me it's a it's a hard choice like at the moment uh the moto x is not actually out yet like i think as long as they've got the camera right on that phone uh, i think that might win me back but at the moment it's still the the s6 you know and just solely for the the camera and the screen you know amazing camera uh, amazing screen. It's it's hard to put that down now and, and go anywhere else. Yeah, I just I just wish it had removable storage. If it yeah. if it just had a card slot, that would be hard to beat. That's that's never really been my thing. So do you what are you storing like a lot of music on there or what are you doing? It's it's not specifically a lot of music. It's the idea that I never, ever, ever, ever want to have to tell myself I can't put something on this phone if I want to have that on the phone. Because eventually, if I don't have a full 64 gigs on the, of storage, eventually I'll find that's where I can't take any more pictures or I can't get any more app updates. And it's not because, and it's, uh, a lot of it is uh, because uh, I use my phone as my primary podcast uh, uh, vector. And so I just hate that moment where I have to. Okay, I was hoping to keep some of these for later, but now I'm going to have to either change the recipes on what auto deletes and how quickly, or move things to Dropbox. Or it's like it's the, the it really is that last 32 gigs is the difference between I never have to worry about device management because I have enough overhead that I can make mistakes for a month before I uh, before I make changes to uh, 
damn it, I really need this update. But now I'm going to – this was supposed to be a 45-second process where I simply acknowledge the new uh, permissions and type it and tap install. Instead, it's going to be – Let's dock it to the notebook. Let's let's act, let's expose the file system. Let's do some moving of files and let's de- delete and deletion of photos. And if you if you just if you're just able just to pop a 64 gig card in there and keep it in there and never have to worry about it again, you can solve this problem with money and a 64 gig card. That's only like twenty one dollars worth of money. I got twenty one dollars. <laughs> I, I I don't 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 deny me this dream of being able to just throw money at a problem. I can do that with this problem. Yeah, I guess my problem as a developer is that I hate SD cards just because of all the, the different complications that they cause. And I, I know that's not a good reason to hate anything, but just the fact that you know it can be there or not be there, it can be unmounted, it can be slow, it can have errors. I'm just like, just please, just get rid of all the SD cards. Yeah, it's a terrible know. reason so, too, but sounds, you should. Sounds kind, sounds kind of like a Russell problem to me. I don't know about you, Yasmin. <laughs> <laughs> this like reminds me of the day, I think it was like my first Android phone and it was had it had an SD card and it was like a really crappy uh, budget phone. And I like emailed one of the developers and I was like, please let me install this app in the SD card because I really want to try it out, but I'm all out of memory. And the developer was like really kind and said, yeah, for sure. Like next update. And they did it and they let me install it on the SD card. But it didn't work. (laughs) Well, you got what you asked for, to be fair to our development friends. And I was like, "Uh, well, you uh, you did her. let me install it on the SD card. You did not say that it, you didn't. They were like, you didn't ask that it had to work. So, anyways, yeah. I so after that incident, um, SD cards are you know not not really like super important to me. But I guess it was just that bad experience. But we want to thank everyone for listening. And Russell, where can they find you? Uh, Rusty Shelf on Twitter is probably the best place to go. And Andy, where can they find you? If you can spell my last name, you can access both my blog at anatco.com and my Twitter feed, which is at anatco. And you can find me at, at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. Email feedback to materialpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at relay.fm slash material. And hey, don't forget to buy some awesome material stickers. You can find them at the Relay FM store at extras.relay.fm slash store and you'll see them there and you get to order them and then they come and hey who knows maybe the shipping guy will write you a nice note thanks for listening stay in material the mattress industry has inherently forced consumers into (laughs) Sorry. Okay. The mattress <laughs> industry. <laughs> it's an industry. Shake my fist at you. <laughs> Finally, someone willing to take on big mattress. <laughs> We're not taking this lying down anymore. Well, we actually are, but... <laughs>